0: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO here at Revenue.io. I'm joined today by Mallory Lee, Vice President of Revenue Operations at Nihilus. We are thrilled to have you back with us, Mallory. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, You know, I have no complaints. It's been a busy week, and the world of RevOps keeps on transforming, and sales keeps on changing, so I guess we can keep on talking. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Before we dive in here, you know we spoke of last time. You know you've had a really uh, interesting career so far with your consulting background in the world of Salesforce. Um, you've got a strong background in marketing, and you know you were a terminus for a while, and now Nylas is really fantastic, right? And I want to pick up for everybody where we left off. You said something that really struck a chord with me on our last time you and I chatted, and that was don't let your revOps team be the help desk and I thought wow what a potent way of of saying what it's all about right there's a lot of people want to react to the business instead of lead the business and um, when you think of leading it and not just reacting to it how how would you advise people to do that like when you're a terminus as an example like how did you, how do you lead through that and not just the data but the people, how do you get the people inspired to this change?
1: It's so important. And I love that you picked that out as something to talk through, because I think there are some really simple things that people can do to improve this. You may have heard someone refer to before, kind of like an operating cadence. Yep. And that's just a fancy way to say people need to understand what's coming. And so I think that revenue operations, even though it's not a help desk, it definitely needs to be like a service-centered organization, right? You're supporting the rest of the company in some way. And so everything is done with a service mindset, but you do have to be proactive. Yep. And so if I put myself in my business partner's shoes, let's say I'm a CRO and I get out of bed in the morning and I need to look at my forecast and my report's not working and I'm not sure where to look and I don't have a meeting with my team until next week and I'm not sure how things are going. My first reaction is to start asking a lot of questions. And I'm gonna ping the sales apps person and say, hey, help me out here. What's the status of the pipeline? I can't see what's going on. I need a report, I need this, I need that. You get a little frantic, right? So to be proactive on the RevOps side, it means that you've got a predictable cadence of those insights and when they get delivered, you have always on dashboards that are functioning correctly that people can go to when they have a question and you have, you know, kind of a prescriptive way of stepping through your month where I know that I'm going to start looking at the forecast on this day, in this meeting, with these people, and in between calls, I'm going to this dashboard to look at everything that I need. And so a RevOps Cadence, in my opinion, is just a series of meetings and a series of proactive communications that are kind of helping, like, guide your business stakeholders through, what should I be thinking about this week? Hey, I'm getting toward the end of the month. Now I'm going to have a meeting about how the month performed. Hey, I'm getting toward the end of the quarter. We're now going to have a planning meeting. Weekly meetings about pipeline and, and things like that. Sometimes it can feel like a lot because it's an every week thing, but really it's your chance to put the insights in front of people so that you're preventing those questions before they come and they feel taken care of, and they don't feel like they're wondering.
0: Mallory, I think you hit now such a key point here that it's the insight that actually makes the RevOps team valuable, right? Yeah. Because if it was just a forecast, the backward-looking pipeline review, if it was just any, you know, what content are people engaging with or things like that for marketing, well, we already can do all that, right? And we know all of those things. And I've heard you say before the importance of this, you'll think First, about the customer experience. Think first there and then build out in terms of what that journey looks like. And when I think of insights, I tend to think of okay, well, how can I apply a customer insight to scale an offer? How can I apply a customer insight to better personalize something? How could I scale a relevant customer experience to drive a better digital or selling engagement? Right, And I think that then all correlates into when we go to forecast and pipeline, you go, well, the experience is bad. The personalization is off. If the offers aren't hitting the right roles, like if all of those things don't happen, I I, I can give you a pretty good indicator of probably what your pipeline's going to look like down the road. Not the best. (laughs) You can only throw so much volume at these things. And so I really think this buyer first perspective around what is going on is such a germane insight to what makes RevOps good, and they draw that insight from customer success, from sales, from marketing, all of that intelligence, and tie it together to give this buyer-first perspective and buyer-first insights. Would you agree with that kind of thinking and approach? Am I taking what you've told me before and kind of building upon it there?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. and. That's one reason that I was very passionate in some of my last companies about getting into the RobOps world and helping sales because I had been a marketing practitioner for like 10 years and I was the ideal customer. I was the person out there buying the software, though I knew how marketers thought about things. And selling Martech to marketers is hard because They know all the tricks and you know, they're not going to be wowed by a personalized email that's not enough to catch their attention. So you definitely have a challenge there, but I think it positioned me well to help a sales organization as a marketing ops professional moving into rev ops, which we did talk about last time. So I think that's really helpful and finding ways to put yourself in that buyer's shoes is very important. We've also seen, I think, a lot of growth in the community aspect of things. So a lot of products are creating communities where they can get to know these buyers at another level, give them a forum to trade notes with each other and communicate and hopefully learn about them that way so that you're able to observe how do they wanna talk about your you know, product or your area of expertise and how do they talk to each other and what challenges are they experiencing as practitioners.
0: So let's double click on that, if you don't mind, because the voice of the customer, I think a lot of people try to do, right? So they'll look at NPS scores, they'll look at other scoring information, survey results. But what you're talking about is, you know, very much in almost, I have would almost broader category as the ecosystems, right? Where I'm bringing the customer into the journey okay. and really understanding what's going on there. Yeah. but. Yeah, can you just expand upon that? Because I think it's a really important thread for people to understand where that aspect of voice of the customer is going.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've seen one very good example of this and I'll brag on my friend. Um, so my friend Brad Smith has a company called Sonar. Yeah. And before he even started the company Sonar, he had a Slack community called Wizard of Op. And it was just a free online place for RevOps people to come together to talk shop. Mm-hmm. And um, these communities are popping up everywhere. And it's a great place to go get help from people who are in your same role. Yep. And you might not have anybody in that same role at your company. So you need to go outside of your company walls to trade notes with people. So he created that community, and it's not for Sonar customers. It's not for any particular kind of customers. It's just for RevOps practitioners. But now he does have a company called Sonar that is focused on the revenue operations and Salesforce admin kind of world. But think about the data that he has and the ability for him to participate in these conversations with people live to really understand their struggles. It's literally a place where someone goes and posts, and they're venting, and they're like, my sales territory is broken and I need help with this thing. And I tried to talk to Salesforce support and they didn't help me. Can anyone help me? And you're witnessing firsthand some of the places where your prospects or your customers are getting stuck, where they're feeling pain, being able to understand that data and not taking advantage of it in like a bad way, but really just getting to know your customer, I think is so valuable because the solutions that you build for them or the way you speak to them is gonna be so much closer to the mark and you will know what they're experiencing.
0: And I think this is a really important caution for everybody listening and considering something like this. They're very powerful building these kind of collaborative ecosystems to bring people in, but you can't turn them into direct selling channels. You can't be overly opportunistic on that. You almost need to let the organic groundswell occur That will will absolutely drive revenue for you. Like they're proven, they definitely do. But I tend to think of them in this way, Mallory, where I'd say, all right, if I'm going to go build that ecosystem or modern voice of the customer approach, first of all, you know, I want people to have a form where they can feel they can clearly collaborate in a cooperating way across, you know, like for like people. So that is value alignment, right? So I have similar personalities (laughs) within that. Voice of the customer system, ecosystem, and I'm aligning them up to collaborate. Then where I can take it is, all right, once everybody collaborating, is there a way I could take that voice of the customer journey and actually help them potentially combine together to build together, right? Because you ultimately want to be able to collaborate to solve a problem. Like you mapped out, somebody came in, said, hey, I have this problem. What's people's advice? Okay, well, they're, they're getting advice off the peers, but ultimately... Can I put two peers together and solve a problem they weren't even thinking about? So now I'm posting and I'm thinking about their problems, and I'm orchestrating that by saying, "Well, this person's really good at solving this problem, and this person over there is there, so can I bring them together?" And that's where you start to get into matching style voice of the customer systems where I can start to match up expertise. So I may say, well, Mallory, I know is super strong on the marketing side or revOps. And those Martech stacks and what that looks like with Salesforce. How do I match her with the right person? Not just posting in the community, but actually start to network people deliberately together based upon that experience and profile and background. And you know, said simply, I think a good voice of the customer program is actually a matchmaking service.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: right. It's a matchmaking amongst your customers, amongst peers in the industry, and they feel that they can solve bigger, better problems. And and lean in on. And I think that's to your point, Sonar has done that well. I've seen Altrix do it really well. I've seen Dell's built some interesting ones out there, right? There's there's all these ways of doing that you that really take it to the next next generation, right? Um Cisco DevNet's a good example of that. But even even companies like Walgreens, because consumer space do that extremely well with medical information and lining people up. Interesting. So I think that uh I'm glad you bring out this voice of the customer piece because it's, it's such an important aspect when we're taking a buyer-centric view to RevOps.
1: Yep. and I think you're exactly right. It can't be a sales motion. It has to be a very altruistic, you know, we're here to help you out kind of mentality. Nobody is going to come to a discovery call and give you that same level of information. So it needs to be handled very delicately.
0: Yeah, what 100%. And... Uh... It delicately, but with the understanding, these aren't really just nice to have. Mm-hmm. Right? Like these are actually things modern companies can go build, you know, economies off of. They can build revenue off of these types of programs because you're drawing people in in a concentric circle that is allowing them to participate in a way. And that's that's very real. Um, like I I can remember when when I worked at Gardner back in the day, I did some work on some ecosystems and I want to say it was about 18 months ago when you looked at board of directors' annual reports, the mention of ecosystems being more buyer-centric, like what we've been talking about, was mentioned 13 times more than it was a decade ago amongst boards of directors. So like at the highest level of Fortune 1000 companies, they're thinking about this. It's awesome. Right? Like this is companies going, I got to rethink, how to do this. And when you look at people that execute on what you're talking about, a buyer-centric approach, strong voice of the customer, building these connected ecosystems to to drive engagement, it's, it's very indicative of top performing companies as well. So um, you know, I think it's great advice, and not just in tech, it is the thing we tend to think of that as, oh, well, that's SaaS companies or product-led growth companies. Right. No, yeah. this is anything from manufacturing companies to hospital systems. To travel industries, right across the board, the world is consolidating in a way where where customers expect, they demand, interconnectivity. They expect these things to be integrated in their lives now, right? That consumer experience traverses the B two B world front and center all day long.
1: Yeah, it's very true.
0: You'll be fired up on ecosystem thinking. So, so thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I love no. it. Unexpected turn. <laughs>
0: Yeah. With that said, let's turn it back slightly here before I go off completely on the deep end on ecosystems. <laughs> you have really, as I said, you've you, you've progressed, and you're an expert of bringing marketing together, bringing together the RevOps organization, bringing the leaders together on all of this. You know, who are some others? And you've you've just said how important it was to collaborate with industry peers. You know, where do you where do you turn for your advice? Where do you turn for inspiration? In what is one of the you know, it's a dynamic space right now. It's a changing space. It's an evolving space. Who are, who are you connecting with?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I am a member of Pavilion, which used to be called the Revenue Collective. Definitely some great, strong relationships there and some great forums to understand what other RebOps practitioners are doing. Um, So that's definitely one spot. That's how I met Rosalyn Elena. She's one of my friends in this space. Jeff Ignacio, a couple of other people there for sure. Daryl, really strong marketing operations voice in the market right now. So I get a lot of inspiration from them and have talked with each of them kind of individually about various topics. I think everyone is always very open to a one-on-one if you just want to get to know them and trade notes, which is great you can fill your calendar up pretty quickly if you're not careful. So you have to be a little bit measured about it, I'm assuming, but that's been really nice. And I think that LinkedIn has continued to be a strong source of information for anybody that's looking to learn. So I've loved that. I've tried to stay active on there and make connections and wade through all of the SDR mestance, right? But generally speaking, it's still a very, very strong resource. And during the month of October, I actually had some time off before I was starting my role at Nylith, and I knew that I needed to learn more about this product-led world and thinking through, you know, how do you transform from a MarTech person to somebody selling uh, to developers and and working with different companies. So I started researching that world as well, and there was a good podcast that I found called OpsCast. Um, I have learned a ton listening to that program and speaking with people there. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit and just looking for admirable companies where I can look at their good ideas and see what I can steal in a way.
0: <laughs> I think there's some great functional tips there, Mallory. And yeah, uh, you know, I'll give you a final word in terms of you know, where do you think the market's going next? And, and as well, where's Nihilus heading in, in this journey that you're taking them on in the world of RevOps?
1: Yeah, great question. Nihilus has been around for a handful of years actually I think maybe about eight years so we're in that sort of scale up phase right now and I think we talked last time about how they didn't have a dedicated RevOps leader before now so I'm stepping into kind of a new role but there's already a strong team and so our charter is to build that cadence that we talked about and our charter is to help with that connectivity and seeing data throughout the customer journey in a way that supports all of our various departments. So right now, we've got some really great sales visibility, but we need to bring in a better understanding of the product and the trials and what's happening there. So building that instrumentation along the way for people that are using Salesforce or marketers at our company is going to be really important, and of course, keeping that user journey um, at the center of it all right now.
0: Well, it's been fantastic. I've loved all the insights on my, the, the, uh, thoughts on the voice of the customer journey, the biocentricity. These are great nuggets for anybody listening in and Mallory Lee, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on and, uh, keep on making Nihilus better and better. we love what they're up to in terms of the APIs and everything else. It's a, it's brilliant where that is uh, headed as a service and uh, keep in touch. For everybody listening in, don't forget to like and subscribe. And don't forget to phone in with your questions. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. And we will see you on next week's podcast. Mallory, thanks again.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.